Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. You're listening to a Chicago Sports Nation production, enhancing your Chicago sports fan experience. Well, come on. All right, welcome back, Bears fans. This is another edition of Bears Nation Podcast. We are back, myself, Jake Hassan, joined by Kevin Lapka and Chris Nano. As always, we're going to do some fun hypotheticals today, some position battles we're going to break down, predicting some stat lines for some guys that people are talking about, some guys that people aren't talking about. But the first thing that we want to talk about is that we will be coming out with a shop soon, some Bears Nation Pod merch that you guys can buy. Um, if you would like to support the podcast, you can do it through that. Um, we're going to come out with some designs, some T-shirts for you guys to start repping. Um, uh, Kevin, anything else you want to add on top of that? I think you have more information than I do. Yeah, so just go to the Wegwin Enterprises site, and there's a little shop tab on top there. Uh, I believe it's just wegwinenterprises.com. Check that out, and you'll be navigated to either Chicago, L.A., New York, all of our different divisions. So just click on Chicago Sports Nation, and all of our products will show up there. We just have a basic Bears Nation podcast logo that you see uh, on all of your streaming platforms, just a few T-shirts and hoodies of those. And in the future, you know, some of these uh, crazy things we say, some of these funny things we say on the show, we're going to turn those into some cool shirts as well. So just be look on the lookout for that. We'll post uh, some links our socials um but yeah cool stuff with uh the shop coming out so be on the lookout for that yeah so i mean i know we're probably we were talking about in the group we're gonna get some we know you know it's good to have some merch out there for the people to be in public and talk about but let's get into it let's talk about some position battles that we are looking forward to you know we have the wide receiver three spot we have really the quarterback spot of course and we have some questions along the offensive line as well so Let's get into it. Should we start with the quarterback? I feel like we feel like we have to. Sure. Um, yeah. So as everybody knows, the incumbent Mitch Trubisky will be going up against Nick Foles, who the Bears traded a fourth round pick for this past offseason. Kevin is fully on the Mitch Trubisky comeback train, the Mitch Trubisky revenge tour. Um, whereas I think myself and Chris are expecting Nick Foles to come out of this because of the money and because of what you gave up. Um, Nick Foles, though, the comeback is like just the nicest guy. Like it's so like I I mean Kevin you can't tell me you're rooting against this man because he is just the nicest dude ever. He made a comment the other day on a Zoom call to the media that oh it's just a true quarterback battle but you know there's so much respect between me and Mitch and now I know the best man's gonna come out of it. It's like dude come on. <laughs> yeah he was he was very I mean he was you know not selfish at all you know very supportive of the team and, and really was he had that mentality going to the press conference he said you know this is a team decision I'm gonna do whatever is best for the team whether that's him at the helm or not and he said he's gonna do his best to help out Mitch as well so I mean Nick Foles is a great guy and he said all the right things he needed to say during the press conference and we you know as a Bears Nation podcast we have to talk about these press conferences whether they really mean anything or not and I think you could also argue Mitch had a pretty good press conference he kind of mm-hmm. took a different 
approach. He was on the attack approach, you know, which is where he has to be. He can't just sit back and, and say those things that Nick Foles is saying because he's not in the position to do that. He has to come out here. He said, you know, I'm going to defy all the haters. I'm going to come out and, and, you know, I've been working with the guys and I'm really going to shut some people up this year. And, and you like to see that you like to see the confidence. And the one thing he said too, was this is the first time he's changed his mechanics. I saw that. And I was like, what? I mean, you know, I don't know if that's good or bad. Is it, is it bad that this hasn't happened yet or is it good that it's finally happening? But uh, I would say both, they both said great things and, you know, we're on now. It's training camp. The battle is on. So we'll, we'll get even more information as we go here. But, you know, the battle is on all this time. We've been talking about it. It's officially here and we'll see uh, in the coming weeks who's going to have that upper hand. Yeah. And it's really funny that you brought up the different approach that, that Mitch took in like those press conferences, um, because maybe I'm just reading too much into this. But when when I hear Foles talk, it's almost like he's saying those things with like a sense of confidence, almost like he knows it's his job. Wow. Like you, guys, you guys know what I mean? Like he kind of just is saying the PR, the things that 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 look great, you know, PR. Yeah. And he's just kind of saying the, you know, the, the scripted stuff. And, and like maybe he's generally just a nice guy. Which, which I do believe he is, but like I think some of it is also just like I truly believe he thinks he's gonna win the job. Like wow. I said, could be reading into it, but that's kind of how how I've been viewing it lately. Well, winning a Super Bowl and a Super Bowl MVP will do that to you. I exactly. think it'll give you that exactly. quiet confidence. So yeah, yeah I, I think that'll do it for you. But yeah, I mean, everyone's talked about you know because obviously Foles crashed and burned in St. Louis, didn't do great in Kansas City, went back to the Eagles. Um, Obviously, won that Super Bowl, and then went to Jacksonville, got hurt, so on and so forth. Um, but I just think that you know there were some, a lot of stories that you know Foles really found himself in between those stints in Kansas City and the second one with the Eagles, and you know really came, uh, you know came to himself and had that confidence, and then won that Super Bowl, and now he's like a changed man apparently. So good for him. Um, maybe that's where that kind of confidence that you were talking about, Chris. Maybe that's where that comes from. But, yeah, I mean, also it's hard, you know, as much as players to me always say, oh, we don't listen to the media, we don't listen to the media. You know, Nick Foles has been hailed as, oh, the Bears got a quarterback, you know, this is who they're expecting to hitch their wagon to, blah, da, 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 da. Um, so I think that's kind of where that comes from, too, where, you know, maybe he is expecting to win that job, but maybe in himself, he expects himself that out of himself to win that job. So, I mean, it could be any number of things, really. Well, yeah, he's he's going to hold a high standard for himself, especially, sure. you know, once you have that Super Bowl MVP. I mean, that, that standard goes up uh, exponentially. But I also thought it was interesting, just as we're talking about this press conference, that Matt Nagy in, uh, a day earlier said it's going to hurt Nick Foles, that he hasn't been, uh, you know, working on timing with the receivers. We've been talking in these past few podcasts how Mitch has been out there. We've seen the videos of Mitch being out there working with uh, Allen Robinson and Anthony Miller while Nick Foles has been throwing to, like, high school players from Vernon Hills. And that that's fine. You know, get your work in. But Matt Nagy did come out and say you know that is that that, that timing I mean that it's just going to hurt him that he has been able to get the work in. and I just I feel like it's weird I mean you know why I don't know if it's I, why would he not make an attempt to you know throw to the receivers I just can't figure that out I mean maybe they he doesn't want to be with Mitch and the I mean I don't under do you guys have any explanation for that like you feel like he would want like he'd be thirsty to go out there and throw to Allen Robinson and throw to Anthony Miller because he I mean obviously he knows that's going to assist him in his quest to become the starting quarterback if he gets that timing right I mean do do you know why he potentially wouldn't do that I mean the only thing I can think of is just the fact that his wife just had a kid and sure like, you know and that's the but like 
I but mean, he's throwing to other guys. You know, like if it was yeah. a safety issue, he would be throwing to nobody. That's the thing. I, I'm not. I, I wasn't necessarily talking about the safety thing. Uh, maybe, you know, what I'm thinking. Do you guys know where he's like been staying? Is it California? Or I'm I'm unsure. In, I think he's in Illinois, honestly. Yeah, I, I think everybody's. Well, he has to be now, but but right, I think yeah. he had. Yeah. I think he was because he was throwing yeah. to kids from like a, a Vernon Hills High School or something. So that made me believe he was in Illinois. Okay. Then yeah, I mean, if there, if all these players, I, I, I was under the impression that, um, that like Foles was somewhere else, and you know, Mitch yeah. and the rest of the receivers were in the same place. Do, is that, is that true? Do you guys know? Like, I'm not sure. Okay, okay, because the that only could be thing I can think of is like, you know, not necessarily the safety aspect, but you know, Nick Foles just decided to stay with his wife because she mm-hmm. had a kid, whereas these guys had the freedom of kind of being able to work out if that makes sense that's the only thing i can think of really like just you know family stuff i don't know yeah i'm trying to find this yeah so this says that nick Foles was working out with vernon hills high schoolers two of them uh a running back and a wide receiver but yeah so i don't know if it's so it says he was in florida and he moved here from Florida, and that was in July. Hmm. Okay. So maybe maybe wherever he's staying, it's closer than going into the city every day, and he does want to be closer to his newborn. Yeah. Um, and, you know, maybe it's just like a 30-minute, you know, or 15-minute drive as opposed to that 30, 45-minute drive. Um, so that that's how I would see that. Or maybe it's a respect thing. Maybe it's just a, Hey, you know, Mitch is the incumbent. He's got this relationship sure. with those guys. Um, I'll, you know, I'll let him take the lead there because we'll have that opportunity to get that work in, you know, at some point. And, you know, every, once they actually get to, you know, the training facility, there's going to be new playbooks. There's a whole new offensive staff. So, yeah. you know, maybe he figures, all right, we're all going to be on the same page as far as running plays and everything anyway. So, you know, we're all going to be starting from square one. I'll let Mitch get his work in with his guys. They're already buddies. They already have that relationship. I'll work with these high schoolers. And like I said, maybe it's closer to his kid and he can make a five, 10 minute drive. And then he could be like, all right, now we're back at the training facility and we're all on the same page. We're all square one. So now let's start doing this. Yeah. I think, I think, yeah, it's possible. That's That's how I would spend that. But getting off track, this is a competition. So, who do we think comes out of the, and this kind of leads into our later segment too, but <clears throat> at the end of the day, who do you think starts week one? Who do you think is starting week 17? Let's do that. Uh, give me Mitch week one, Mitch week 17. Give me all of it. <laughs> uh, and, and you know, this obviously hasn't, I haven't been back and forth on this. I've been day one since they even traded for Nick Foles. I've been, you know, all in on Mitch and I, you know, again, we, we try to spin these comments every which way. Right. But he, I, have, I don't know if you guys have seen the photos of him from training camp. He looks slimmer. He looks good. Uh, he, Ryan Pace said it is clear he's been training in the offseason. If this mechanics thing is really true, they say he's throwing the ball uh, with more accuracy than he than he has at all in his first three years. So, I mean, if if those are all true things, I don't see why. And again, with the chemistry he has with, this, with the receivers, he's already going to be uh, the first one out in the huddle in training camp. It's his job to lose. I, I would say it's his job to lose. Now, whether Nick Foles comes out there and really impresses may happen. But I think Mitch has has it all right there in front of him, and he's he just got to do his job in training camp. So I'll go Mitch week one. And 
Uh, I mean, it, it gets hard. Obviously, it gets hard, and we won't. It's it's pretty dang hard to say now if he'll be the quarterback week seventeen. But I, I'll give you for sure he'll be the quarterback week one. That's where I'm at. Um, man, I'm just I, look. None of none of this none of this Mitch bulking up stuff. None of this stuff matters, <laughs> man. It's all about up here. It's yes, all about yes. up here for him. Mitch Trubisky looks like a great quarterback in the offseason. The moment you put a defense in front of him is when things go bad. So unless he fixes that, he's the same quarterback he was last year to me. So I'm going to go. I, I think he could start. We, I think he will start week one. Um, but then again, like, man, like I keep finding myself going back and forth on this because like, you know, we all know Foles isn't the long term option. I think everybody, every Bears fan knows that. Um Whereas, you know, Mitch, personally, I don't think he's a long-term option, but it would make more, much more sense for him to be. So, um, you know, I'll go Mitch week one. And then, you know what? I'll, I'll stick with Mitch week 17. I think I... Let's go! I, look, it's, I'm not saying this is what I want to happen. It's what I think will happen. But, but um, I wouldn't be surprised if... Um, if you know we we see both quarterbacks still, I just I, I just have I just have this feeling that they have this sort of you know attachment to Mitch, and I'm not saying it in like a bad way. I I, I yeah. get it. It's just yeah. you know what I mean. I I, I that's kind of how how I see it right now, Jake. Uh, so you started the conversation like we hear every offseason that oh Mitch has worked on this or that or he's got that's the you, problem, man. physicality. That's he's been working. <clears throat> And he did say that that shoulder injury did bother him for the rest of the season last year. But if it was that bad, and I think this was every player, every time a player says, oh, my injury was bothering me all year last year. Like, if it was that bad, why did you continue to, and you knew it was affecting your performance, why did you continue to do that? I get the competitive nature of the NFL and pro athletes, so of course. But um, yeah, like you said with Mitch, like, I got to see it against a real defense that isn't, you know, his own defense. I got to see it in a real competitive atmosphere and I got to see it consistently. And, you know, I, I would love to say that, all right, yeah, great. Mitch fixed his mechanics. He, he shook the shoulder injury. He's slimmer. He's trimmer. He's faster. He's lighter. Dot, this, that, the other, blah, 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 blah. Um, I haven't, you know, we've heard that the last two off seasons. So I, I have no faith. I have no inclination to believe that right now. So I will go week one falls as the starter. Um, and I would love to believe that that lights a fire under Mitch and he, you know, maybe Foles goes out for a game or something or he has a bad game and he gets pulled. But I'm going to go Foles all the way through. Just that floor is higher than Mitch's right now. Yes, the ceiling's much higher with Mitch, but Foles has a pretty darn high ceiling himself, as we saw in that Super Bowl run. So I'm going to go with the steady veteran. I hope I'm wrong. I would love to be proved wrong and for Mitch to absolutely light it up. And I would love for Kevin to rub it into my face all season. But <laughs> You know, until I actually see it, I'm I'm rolling with the veteran guy who has the higher floor. I uh, so just to piggyback off that, Jake, I just want to ask you. So, if your scenario happens, we can hundred percent like close the the book on Mitch Trubisky in Chicago, right? I would say so. If Foles yeah. if, if Foles is is the starter wire to wire, uh, then yes, I think that okay. that pretty much like you know because the fifth year option they already declined it. I think right. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I, yeah I, I think there's your answer. You know, if Foles takes the job week one and holds it all the way through week 17, 
um, you know, without, you know, the reason for him being pulled is, you know, it's an injury or something like it was last year in Jacksonville, then, yeah, I, I think that's safe to say because, you know, then Man. it's then that's just a defeated Mitch, Mitch Trubisky then. He's like, yeah. Yeah. So. You know what's crazy? Like, like I'm thinking about a scenario, uh, your scenario, Jake, about if, you know, Nick Foles from week one to, to whenever the season ends is the QB all the way through. Like, if you don't win the Super Bowl, like, how, how good are you feeling about the quarterbacks? Like, like I feel like that's as good as that would be, you know, if Nick Foles can keep his job throughout the whole year. Like, how are you looking at that quarterback situation after the year? Because it's like, I mean, Nick Foles, yeah, it's really like tough. we just talked about, like, you know, he's not the long-term option. So, I mean, what do you, like, what do you do from there? You, you get what I'm trying to say? Like, you just got to keep starting to draft uh, quarterbacks. I mean, you got to, like, Jack Prescott. Yeah. Oh, God. I mean, um, man. Like, like, listen, listen. I, I have a strategy for the Bears. Just literally draft a QB in every round. I mean, one of them has to be good. Like, one of them has to be good. <laughs> I mean, round one through seven, round one through seven, you draft seven, eight quarterbacks. You mean to tell me one of them isn't good? Like, come on. There you go. Your, your QB situation's solved. Well, the, the the nice thing about the quarterback, you know, the future of quarterback is the next few classes aren't going to be as barren as they have been. Yeah. You know, you know like the last True. two quarterback classes have not been great. Yeah. Um, but you have a couple coming up where there should be more options than there have been in the past, oh, yeah. um, especially in that, you know, like that second, third round you look at. So, um, yeah, I, I think that, you know, Foles, if he does, you know, if Foles takes you to the playoffs and wins you a playoff game, you confidently say, okay, he's the guy next year. And then you buy yourself at least two more draft classes yeah. to try and get something going. Cause, uh, but I, again, like I hope we're wrong and I hope that Mitch can, you know, prove uh, to be a guy that you feel fine about giving a two or three year contract to, but yeah. you know, you, you also have to face the situation that you might be in that Foles wins the job and keeps it. And then you have to look for that long-term option again. Yeah, I mean, like you said, like, I, I feel a little bit better about it knowing that, like, these next two draft classes, I mean, the quarterback position, it's, I would say especially in 2022 as opposed to this year. This year is good. Don't get me wrong. Very good. But, uh, I mean, next year talking about Sam Howell, Spencer Rattler, mm -hmm. Keaton Slovis, and how am I not going to include my guy Jaden Daniels in there yeah. in Arizona State? You know, I mean, there, there's there's options in, 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 you know, in the foreseeable future. So, um you know, it's just going to be interesting to see how, how it all develops. And, like, it's so hard to predict what's going to happen because it's literally just based on what happens within the next month. Right. And like, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy how much, like, so much is riding on, like, one decision. So. Yeah. I mean, I mean, this season sets the tone for the next three oh, yeah. years. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Sure. But you guys are all here talking about rookie quarterbacks and all these names that I don't even know. Sam, who, who the hell is that? I don't even know who that is yet. Sam but Howell? it's it's I don't even Sam, how, who, how, what, where, when I don't I don't know who it is. But what all that matters is if it's not Mitch next year, it's Aaron Rodgers. So that's that's <laughs> I'm, okay. I'm telling you, hey, hey, okay. he went on. Kyle Brandt has this new show on NFL Network. He went on there and blatantly, openly, and this is like the third time he's done this offseason, said, yeah, I don't see my career ending in Green Bay. And I think we all can agree that there's, I don't, like, I'm at the point where there's no, ch like, Matt LaFleur comes yeah. out yesterday and he's like, yeah, we see him here for a very, shut, shut up, Matt LaFleur. That, you know, he hates, Aaron Rodgers hates you, Matt LaFleur. You know, <laughs> I you need to understand that. And we talk about this. I mean, 
Oh, God. I, I don't even – you know, Chris says, oh, this man has terrorized my childhood. You know, I used to – you know, all the kids are afraid of ghosts and whatever, and I'm afraid of Aaron Rodgers. I, I laugh every time I hear that. But I, I still can't get over, like, the fact of him being on the Bears. Like, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't care about the previous 10 years if he wins us the Super Bowl next year. So, um, I don't know. It's – you guys, uh, you know, I don't know. It's, it's really interesting and – it's worrisome because you know does Ryan Pace draft another quarterback and then what what happens there with that situation? So, um, but uh, you know, real quick, I sent you guys a tweet today. I don't know if you I don't know if you guys watched it. It was it was uh, Colin Coward saying you know the way we you know uh, the way we talk about bust nowadays. The way we talk about bust and what he was saying was Mitch Trubisky has a winning record in his career. He won the division in his first full year of starting. He he should have won a playoff game in his first full year of starting and he's labeled as a bust. I just you know. I think a huge, I mean, obviously a huge reason is he's he's viewed this way because of who was in his class, whereas yeah. a guy like Sam Darnold isn't, I mean, that guy gets bashed on Twitter, but isn't as bashed because the guys in his class aren't as great. The other guys like Baker Mayfield and Josh Young aren't as great as well, and there's no superstar like a Patrick Mahomes in that class. But, I mean, do we ever have to take a step back and kind of really, you know, think about the fact that, you know, sure, was he terrible in 2019, but... He has a winning record. He did win the division. I mean, are we are we allowed as Bears fans to look at that way? Because I feel like we aren't. I mean, like how how much of that winning record is because of him though? Right. Like, like it's fair. also it's also recent but, bias. Well, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. yeah I, it's look, look. The bottom line is pretty much what you said. It's it's he's gonna have to work. He's gonna have to play twice as good um, because you know. Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes are, are doing crazy things. So it's like, you know, I mean, he's always going to gonna be viewed as that guy who got drafted above Mahomes and Watson unless, you know, he really takes that next step. Like, it, it's just maybe the argument may be that you can win with Mitch, but is Mitch really going to take the gr- game by his grasp and be the reason you win? Whereas, yeah. you know, whereas Watson and Mahomes, I feel like do that, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of that's kind of the thing. It's It's kind of like. I, I don't want to call him a bust because, like, it's just like, – people throw around that word too loosely. Yes. And, like, and like I, I know it may be crazy for me, like, because I, I bash Mitch all the time, and it may be crazy for me to say he's not a bust, but I still think he needs a little more time before we can confirm that he's a bust, if that makes sense. But, you know, he's going to have to take that next step. I don't think there's there's any way yeah. around it. No, yeah, that that's definitely right, and I I don't want to come a bust either, but you know this is definitely a make or break year. You've been a starter yeah. for two years now, yeah. Yeah. so you know figure it out because you know this is it, man. Like they brought in your competition, let's see what you actually do. Are you gonna emerge as that you know above average, uh, you know to good to great quarterback, or are you just gonna flake? Are you gonna burn down in flames? So yeah, I mean this is it. I mean. Show us what you got. And, and you're right. The bust label is such a, a fickle thing. Um, but that's the way of the NFL. That's the way of sports in general. Yeah. Like, for, so, for me, I don't even call Kevin White a bust. Like, in my opinion, like, calling Kevin uh, White a bust. No, I, I kind of agree with that because you, you have to evaluate the term bust. Like, it was out of, like, he didn't get an opportunity. He did yeah, not get an opportunity. That's the bottom Fair. line. That's the bottom line. Like, it's just, it's one, like, anytime a player gets injured, I immediately just, that bust word just gets thrown yeah. out the window. Cause like, sure. like for example, like I'm, I know I'm kind of getting a little off topic, but Greg Oden, for example, 
<laughs> like the dude was really good, but I mean, he, he just never had a chance. So it's like, yeah, I get it. The pick was a bust, but the player ne- wasn't necessarily a bust. So it's like, good point. You know? Yeah. That, that's just, that's how I see it. I don't know. That's fair. Okay. All right, fine. We won't call Kevin White a bust, but again, <laughs> that's sports. Like that's just sports. Like people love to do the, you know, throw those labels around. That's just the way it yeah. is. But yeah. All right. That was our quarterback uh, predictions. I predict Foles. You guys predict uh, Trubisky. Uh, let's do wide receiver three. Um, obviously, you have Allen Robinson and Anthony Miller. I think this will be one of the most hotly contested races. Um, you have, obviously, Javon Wims, Ted Ginn Jr., Calvin Ridley, uh, Darnell Mooney in that mix. Uh, am I forgetting anyone? I think those are your top four, really. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, those are your top four right there. If you want to include Mooney, if you don't want to include Mooney as a rookie, you know, that's your prerogative. But, um, you know, given his status and given the element that he adds, I would initially say Ted Ginn Jr. is probably the front runner, but I would expect Calvin Ridley to – Riley Ridley. Um, I would expect Riley Ridley to take that by – Week five, week four. Yeah, yeah. I would. Yeah. Um, you know, Ted Ted Ginn is supposed to be a replacement for Taylor Gabriel, but Taylor Gabriel was kind of that true wide receiver three. I think Ted Ginn is more of just you know when we need to go downfield and we need to spread it out, you know, throw him in there. Whereas he, he's not a reliable target. You know, T- Taylor Gabriel was a reliable target. That dude didn't drop the football often. So. I think it's going to be Riley Ridley, and I think Javon Williams is going to get cut. I've said that the past few episodes. I I, I hate to say it, we for some for some reason we've all fall, like every Bears fan's fallen in love with Javon Williams, and I and sometimes I'm just like why? Like he hasn't done anything like fantastic to make us fall in love. I mean, we we fall in love with these training camp heroes, right? We Tanner Gentry's of the world. We fall in love with those kind of guys, but we have to get back into the real world and see, you know, I you know just the way it, just the way I see it, and and I've said this before, Riley Ridley to me, has a higher ceiling. Uh, we, we we haven't seen a lot from either of them. And when you don't see a lot from either of them, you kind of just go with the one who is the higher pick and the one who, uh, you know, has better athletic uh, abilities. And, and you just look at those things. And and again, with it, it's really unfortunate because maybe Javon Williams would have gone out in the preseason and, and lit it up. And maybe he would have had a shot. He doesn't get that opportunity anymore. So uh, I think I think Riley Ridley is 100% that wide receiver three. And then Ted Ginn will be that guy you throw in there when you need a deep play. Yeah, I, I'm I'm 100% in agreement with all that. I think it's going to be Riley Ridley. Um, I just think he has the most um, in his arsenal as a wide receiver. He has, you know, the best footwork. I think he's the most polished guy. Like, don't get me wrong, he's still a young player, and you have some mm-hmm. veterans. So saying saying Riley Ridley's the most polished may sound stupid, but in terms of like full on potential, like ceiling, like just everything considered i think riley ridley is your best candidate to to not only be the wide receiver three but be a breakout candidate for this bears offense oh breakout huh yep i mean what well, people forget so. about like you know fourth round picks are kind yeah. of expected these days to be starters be big yeah. contributors now i mean look at guys like jordan howard i mean yeah. he was a thousand yard rusher like you expect in the fourth round to get contributing players if not starters out of these rounds now so yeah, I mean, I think Riley Ridley will be the wide receiver three. I think he'll be solid in that role. And like Kevin said, I think Ted Ginn Jr. will be that guy. Like, all right, screw it. <laughs> <laughs> You're flinging Ginn, it downfield. Ted Ginn's down there somewhere. Yeah, right. right. So I, I think that's what he'll end up being. But, you know, I, I also didn't hate taking that one-year flyer on Ted Ginn Jr. Yeah. He had that speed element. But I think at the end of the day, 
you know, by the, I think by the end of the season, you're going to look at those top three wide receivers and think, all right, this is a good group of guys. Now we just need a reliable quarterback and who knows what you'll be. But yeah, I, I think your I think your wide receiver room is really starting to come together. And uh, just just a little thing I want to I want to throw out there for Bears fans. I I'm very good friends with someone who's very good friends with Ted Ginn. And he told me that speed is still all there. He said the speed is there. He's like, you won't have to worry about any of that. Um, he said he still is, you know, he still plays like he's 27. So um, there's there's good there's good to come out of that, you know. I mean, it's a one year deal. Worst comes to worst, I mean, he's gone. So, you know, I, I think it's a it's a low risk, high reward move, and you know, that's that's the bottom line. I'm I'm excited about Ted Ginn. I really like what he he brings to the team. Um, gives us a little a, a different dynamic, and at the same time is the replacement for Taylor Gabriel in a way. So I'm happy with it. I think a lot of people kind of forget about him, honestly. When you like, again, we talk about the Bears' weapons, and you immediately are like Allen Robinson, Anthony Miller, uh, Terry Cohen, Dave Montgomery. It's like, okay, wait, Ted Ginn's there, and while he, you know, ha- I mean, he had 421 yards and two touchdowns with a, a long of a 45-yard touch. Like, like those are efficient numbers, I would say. I mean, the touchdowns are low, but those are efficient numbers from a yard standpoint for a guy who's 35 years old on a team with, uh, you know, a plenty of other receivers. So, and it's also, you know, we talk about Darnell Mooney, right? the big rookie or you know he actually looks really good on that number 11 i don't know if you guys saw that yeah but i saw him I and i was like that is clean i like yeah. that so yeah. um but like he gets to learn from a guy like Tegan, a, a veteran and i think that's part of the reason they bring him in because you know donna mooney one day wants to be what 10 gid once was when he was in his prime so uh great opportunity for them and i actually think they'll have a little bit of a battle because i think we all are kind of in agreement darno mooney could have um, or could be productive and efficient this year, uh, given the right opportunities. It, it, Matt Nagy hasn't given his first-year wide receivers opportunities. Obviously, we saw um, with uh, with Riley Ridley and with Javon Wims. So those guys weren't getting a lot of opportunities a rookie year. So maybe uh, Darna Mooney breaks that trend. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's the biggest thing. But that's really the only reason why I, I don't think Mooney will be in that discussion because I just don't think yeah. he'll get the opportunity right away. We've seen yeah. what Matt Nagy does with with his wide receivers and I don't think there's reason to believe Darnell Mooney is going to be any different because if in my opinion if Riley Ridley didn't get the time I don't think Darnell Mooney is right off the bat yeah I think Mooney is going to have to earn that but also there's uh injuries and stuff that could come into that so who really knows uh where that ends up but all right let's keep it moving uh our right guard position is obviously open um you know, the, the offensive line had their issues last year, but you're still returning Charles Leno Jr., James Daniels, Cody Whitehair, and Bobby Massey. So, you know, obviously the retirement of Kyle Long opens up that right guard spot. You're really probably looking at, I mean, they, they signed Jermaine Ifedi. Um, He's probably projected to be your starter right now, but that doesn't inspire a lot of, you know, confidence in you. And probably going up against him after that is Rashad Coward, who got a couple starts across the offensive line last year um, and played decently. So, I mean, what do we think happens with this right guard spot? Because you need to hold that up. You need to get a running game. You need to protect your quarterbacks. And neither of those guys, Coward or Fitty, are really uh, inspiring a lot of confidence. But, I mean, what do you guys think? I mean, it's going to come – man, I, I really don't know. I It's like – I'm actually shocked that people aren't talking about this like, like more. Like it, we, it, sure. we yeah. have a problem at right guard. We do, we do. I don't care, Jermaine Fetty. Like you guys can pull out all these PFF stats of him moving different positions. Like I don't care. The dude has literally been getting bodied since he's been in the NFL. 
So, I mean, that's just, you know, I, I get it, Juan Castillo, this and that, but at the end of the day, the players are the ones on, on the field. The players are the ones that have to make the plays. So, I mean, a coach can get you into great great positions, but if you're not making the plays, then it really does not matter. Um, but with that being said, uh, the Jets um, just yesterday cut uh, their guard, Brian Winters. Yeah. Um, so that's another name that's out there now. Um, you know, the Bears have options. They have options to, to fix this to fix this guard position if they wanted to. Um, and, you know, with, with the whole Eddie Goldman opt-out, I think we have a little more room to work with now. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I'm i not confident. I'm not confident either way. I'm not confident either way in this guard position. I think the best option is to go ahead and sign someone. Um, and that that's kind of where I'm, that's where I'm at. That's the best option, but I don't know if it's the most likely option. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm, you know, I don't, it's. Uh, I feel like offensive line is a little bit harder of a position to do that. Where like you can pick up a a, a running back and like throw him in there. You can pick up a few other guys, but offensive line, I mean, you really have to work well as a unit. And we saw what happened when you didn't work well as a unit last year. I mean, those are all talent. I mean, like four of those guys are very talented players on that offensive line, with the, with the exception of I would say Rashad. I mean, those guys are all. You know, two of them are Pro Bowlers, Whitehair and Leno. Um, you know, you know, we've seen things from them, and they're talented. But when they don't play well as a unit, it all falls apart. And I don't like. I don't know what would happen if you just threw a guy in there. I mean, maybe it would work, maybe it wouldn't. But right now, I mean, Jermaine Fetty 100% should be the starter week one over Rashad Coward. I, I, ugh, I don't. I don't want to see Rashad Coward if he's out there. Okay. Um, I don't. I also don't think Alex Bars. I mean, they said he could move to right guard. You know, people. He he's another one of those guys that we fall in love. With. Why? Why do we fall in love with Alex? For what reason? Undrafted rookie. Or he's a, what it's in third year he's undrafted why do we fall in love with i mean i don't understand so um you know it'll be a fetty i'll just say it'll be a fetty but uneasy about it look how long have we been how long have we been asking for alex yeah right there's a reason he's not playing guys like let's kind of like let's put this into perspective at this point you can't just like blindly just keep hoping this guy's gonna start there's a reason he's not playing so um, wh- whether that's, you know, the right decision from the Bears or not, I mean, we'll never know. But, you know, it is what it is. Like, you can't keep hoping for a guy that's not even seen game time. He's not even getting on the field. So I remember uh, after every game last year when the offensive bro, line was we're like, oh, maybe Alex Bars, maybe Alex Bars. You know, you never <laughs> yeah. know. Alex Bars is going to – it's like, come on. Like, never even close. <laughs> Man. Yeah, that was uh, everyone fell in love with Alex Bars because of Harry Highstand being his old coach, and yeah, right, that's why. Yeah, and now yeah. and now Highstand's gone, so like, yeah, I wouldn't right. count on it. Um, <laughs> no, I I actually was good. Chris kind of stole my talking point a little bit. Brian Winters, you know, he wasn't great, but he was above average. He was in the top half of uh, qualified right guards last year. I think he was forty-one out of eighty-three. I saw so. You know, it, it, it's a decent floor. That's better than what you got. And they'll probably be relatively cheap. Um, and we've seen the Bears poach cut offensive linemen from, you know, places like the Packers or other places. I mean, think of Josh Sitton. He, he obviously got a bigger contract with the Bears, but whereas Winters will probably be a one-year contract, maybe two years. But that's a steady veteran presence. I think that's something you have to definitely look into. I, I think he probably ends up being the uh, the option that you end up with, if I had to guess. I hope. Are not going to bring up Lacavia Simmons, though? No. Okay. All Come right. On. Listen, I just want to say something. Like, yes, I brought up Brian Winters as well, but, like, 
you know, I'm kind of like talking myself out of it now because, like, how do you get cut by the Jets? Like, oh, well, so some, so I saw that his cap hit for them was like eight million or something, okay. and they're trying, to, and so they're trying to like save money and also tank a little bit. Yeah. Uh, so I think uh, that's probably what the uh, okay, that's what a lot of people are saying that the option was. Because I, I follow a few Jets fans, and like I know every team does this when their team cuts a player. Like every every team's fans does every team's fan base does this, but like. They were just like, yeah, I mean, like, he was terrible last year, and, like, you know, the guy can't play anymore. They're like, yeah, like, Jets fans were like, man, if you get cut by the Jets, man, like, you stink oh, at all this. I'm just like, Jesus, man. Like, but but with that being said, I think he's much better than what we have. That That's just all there yeah. is to it. I think right. he's he brings much more to the table. So, I mean, we'll see what happens with that. I I, I I really don't know what they're gonna do at guard. I'm not even gonna throw out a prediction because like it's just I don't know. I really Octavia Simmons, here he comes, baby. Here he comes. Hopefully, hopefully, man. Hopefully. Never know. Yeah, we'll see. I, I wouldn't count on that one. <laughs> but um, all right, we'll do the one. I think I, I think it's really the only position battle, and it's not really even a battle on the defensive side. Uh, Jalen Johnson versus Kevin Tolliver for that slot role or maybe the, the outside, the right outside, if you want to move screen back to that slot one. Um, but Jalen Johnson, Kevin Tolliver, uh, the thing is we've seen some of Kevin Tolliver, but Jalen Johnson looks damn good on film. Um, and that for that reason, I'm going with Johnson. I think if he's healthy, it's his, uh, Tolliver has shown flashes, but nothing consistently. Um, especially if they start him inside on the slot, uh, at first and, you know, they trust screen on the outside at first, uh, just because of his veteran status. But I think Jalen Johnson wins the battle over Tolliver and ends up uh, at the end of the year as the other outside uh, corner uh, opposed to Kyle Fuller on the opposite side of Kyle Fuller. Kevin, I'll let you go next. I would agree. I would say Jalen Johnson. I know you're the Kellen Tolliver guy, and you're, oh, Kevin Tolliver, he's going to do something. <laughs> and, and and it's like it's cool because like I'm comfortable like with Kevin Tolliver as a backup cornerback. Like, that's chill. Like He's a great player. I just want to bring something. So I'm going Jalen Johnson. I just want to bring something up. We have not brought up Duke Shelley once. Not once in the past four months. Like, last year we were all like, oh, Duke Shelley, maybe a slot cornerback over Buster Screen. We don't know what Buster Screen's capable of. We saw he was capable – very much capable in 2019. He's a great player in 2019. But, you know, what – I mean, what what are we expecting from Duke? I mean, he's obviously not going to be the starter. But, I mean, this guy was, you know, another mid-round pick. I mean, what are we – what are we looking at now as far as his career? You know, I don't I don't know because he was the talk of the town last year. I mean, everyone in training camp was like Duke Shelley, Duke Shelley, Duke Shelley because it was more of competition. But we haven't – no one else really has said his name once in the past five months. Yeah. Yeah, that's well, a good point. I mean, that's what, that's what happens when you use a second-round pick on another corner, though. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You just get shoved down the death chart. You kind of get your name lost in the shuffle. That Yeah, I mean, that just happens. I think that's just a uh, matter of circumstance. Yeah. Um. So, look, 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 look. I'm going to go with Jalen Johnson just because of what they invested. Um, but, like, in three years' time, if you were to tell me Kevin Tolliver would be better than Jalen Johnson, it would not shock me at all. At all. Really? Not at all. And I, like, like That's so shocking. Say, I think about this, at, like, damn near every day. Like, I have no idea why Kevin Tolliver went undrafted. Like, I, I just don't get it. I really don't get it. I don't. <laughs> Chris wakes up in the morning. is like, you know what, man? Yeah, I just, I just can't get this off my mind. Why the hell was Kevin? T- I mean, and then it's the no, next but, day. You know, I can't. 
but in, in all seriousness, um, Jalen Johnson is going to be a really good player. Um, but I just Kevin Tolliver, every time he's he's come in, I mean, he's done what he's supposed to. And a lot of the times you don't hear you don't hear the commentator saying, oh, what a great play by Kevin Tolliver, because what he's doing is literally just shutting down that receiver and nobody's paying attention to that receiver. Yeah. And there was this one play. I know I talked about this before against Devontae yes. Adams, where he literally ran the route for him. Beautiful. And I was just like, wow, like this kid. I mean, he has the tools. He has them. He has them. But I will say, like, you know, it's going to be hard for him to, to beat out Jalen Johnson right now. Um, I think Jalen Johnson just he has the momentum. Everything's, you know, pointing towards Jalen Johnson. So um, that's that. And don't get me wrong. Jalen Johnson's a terrific player, but I just. It just angers me that people don't talk about Kevin Tolliver enough. I, yeah. I, I think he's a very underrated player by our fan base as well, which, you know, that that's just, yeah, I'll die on the, the Kevin Tolliver train. But to answer the question, <laughs> Jalen Johnson. Uh. Oh, that, that Kevin. I mean, I like Kevin Tolliver a lot, too. I think he's a great uh, guy to have on your depth chart and be a backup. I just think, like you said, what they invested in Johnson, I think, speaks volumes. Um, yeah. But – if Kevin Tolliver ends up being that replacement to screen next year or the year after, I mean, I, I think that's probably what they're planning for. Um, yeah. I don't I don't know what screens uh, cap numbers are. But all right, let's do some predictions for some players. Um, this was Kevin's segment idea. So it's kind of like the factor fiction over unders we did a couple weeks ago. But we're just going to say one specific stat about these guys and see if, if we think they hit this number. Um, Kevin, do you want to start since it's your segment? Yeah, we've got a fun name. Obviously, we, you had to have a fun name to it. It's called hit or miss. All right, so you're gonna say whether they hit that stat line or miss it. So uh, let's start with Mitch Trubisky, five thousand yards, hit or miss. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> 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 you presented that so well done to you because you fooled me completely. I like Kevin. He's mad for dude, a split this, second. He's not as serious. This, I really. No, this dude, Jake, was looking down at his phone the moment you said that. His eyes just kind <laughs> yeah, of I was really, yeah. <laughs> No, okay. Um, <laughs> I think we do. I think Jake does have a Mitch Trubisky one for us later, but it's not 5,000 yards. We're going to start off with uh, Tariq Cohn. We talked a little bit him about last week. Uh, this guy was top 10 in the NFL all three of his uh, first three years in the NFL in reception. So in 2019, he had 79. In 2018, he had 71. Fourth in the NFL uh, and sixth, uh, respectively. So hit or miss. 80 receptions for Tariq Cohen, which would be one more than what he had in 2019. Man. Um, I'll go miss by a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he'll be right around 70. Okay. Right around 70. I'm also going to go miss because, but not for, that's not to say that he won't be effective this year. I think Tariq Cohen will be more effective with less usage this year because I, you know, we talked about how we expect this wide receivers room to kind of come into its own and be, you know, a very well-rounded room and be a very reliable room. You know, we expect, I think, good things from Cole Komet. And I think we expect at least something from Jimmy Graham. Um, so I think Tariq Cohen's usage will go down, but his effectiveness will go up because teams won't be able to plan for him as much in the fact, in yeah. the sense that, Oh, Tariq Cohen's on the field watch him immediately. I think it's going to be more like, all right, Tariq Cohen's on the field. Crap. That's another thing we have to monitor now. Yeah. That's a really good point. I, I actually didn't even think about that at all. And, you know, it's just, 
we talk about Tariq Cohen a lot and like, you know, we, we don't know really what his ceiling is right now or, or where he's at. But like, I just look at a guy like Austin Eckler, who's right around where Tariq Cohen is with receptions. Uh, he obviously, he doesn't have the same rushing yards as Austin Eckler does. That guy had a monster season last year. But I feel like Tariq Cohen can be more of what Austin Eckler is. And I'll say miss because 80 receptions is a lot. Um, but he will be, like you guys said, effective. Uh, I got one more. And then we'll go to you guys. Uh, Roquan Smith, hit or miss 150 tackles. Now, I know this this seems like a, a mammoth number of tackles. He had 121 in his rookie season in 2018, 101 in 2019. There were four players in the NFL who had over 150. Blake Martinez, Bobby Wagner, Zach Cunningham, and Jordan Hicks. People like what we see from Roquan Smith. He's out uh, on the sh- on uh, Lake Michigan hanging out with uh, porn stars and stuff. So Roquan Smith is uh, supposed to have a big season. But 150 is a big number. So uh, what's up with him? All right, man. I, I, I'm good. That is such a big number. It is. <laughs> that is it, such it, a big at number. At the same time, like, I'm thinking about if he were to hit that, and I don't even think I'd be shocked. Like, I, it's too big of a number. It's too, too big. big. I, I can't. I can't play because, like, I love you guys. Know how I feel about Roquan, but I can't just. I, I can't just you know give him everything. I, I gotta yeah. you know gotta temper expectations a little bit. I think one one thirty sounds about right. Um, but if he were to get it, like, would you guys really be surprised? Because I wouldn't. No, I, I mean I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I mean, well, you're the one who brought it up, so I guess yeah. you wouldn't be surprised. But Jake, would you be surprised? No, I wouldn't be surprised at all. I am going to go miss, though, still, just because that's such an enormous number. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know, yeah, I'm going to go I'm going to go a slight miss. I, I think he'll be in that 125, 130 range, but 150 in his, in his you know, second full year, really, his second full healthy year. Um, uh, yeah, I'm going to go slight miss. See, you know what's crazy, though? Like, but now I'm thinking about it. Like, you said Blake Martinez hit 150. Yeah, Zach Cunningham. Zach Cunningham and, like, you know, that's the only thing. It's like, man. Another thing is, though, like, the Bears also have a great defense. So the numbers won't all be in favor of a couple players. You know, yeah. So, yeah, miss, miss. Definitely miss. I I mean I don't know if like I don't know if you guys know, but he's currently on pace to break the Chicago Bears' career re- uh, record in tackles. He's, oh yeah, he's that's, way that's on pace. Surprising. He's way on pace to beat Brian Brian Urlacher right now. He has more uh, than Urlacher had in his first uh, few seasons. So just based on pace, uh, Rokon Smith should be as long as they stay with the Bears the the leading tackler in Chicago Bears history. So um, we'll see if he reaches that 150 mark. But uh, what do you guys got for us? Hit or miss? Uh, Jake, I'll let you take this one. All right, so my first one is a guy we talked about earlier, uh, Darnell Mooney. Uh, you know, as a rookie, we talked about his usage might not be the best. Um, so I'm going to go Darnell Mooney, 250 yards. 250? I, I, I think that's hit. Easy hit. I think that's easy. Really? Yeah. Easy. Yeah, I think that's easy. I mean, you break it down, man. Break it down. I mean, you want to go by yards per game. I can't do the quick math right now. But, uh, I mean, I, I think, like, for a guy like Darnell Mooney, like, He'll have a 50-yard reception one time, and there goes exactly. a fifth of that yeah. number. You know what I mean? Like, that that's what you're getting out of him. So if you were to say, like, a reception total as, as a higher number, I would probably be more reluctant to say hit. But because it's yards and because he's yeah. a deep threat and he's going to get yards in big chunks, I'll go easy hit on 250. That was that was my exact reasoning. I think he's going to be – if he's if he's used, 
like I think he's going to be used as like another deep threat. So yeah, I mean, look, one one sixty sixty eight yard reception, and I mean, the dude's already almost there. So, you know what I mean? It's I think uh, I think he should be able to hit that number. All right. So what if I put it at four hundred? That's too much. Yeah, that okay. that that was actually funny because I had this written down as well, and I had four hundred as my mark too because I think that's like uh like I don't know like maybe yeah. No. yeah. I mean, they, I mean, what did what did Riley Ridley have last year? I don't. Did yeah. he have? I don't think he even had two hundred. I don't. I don't. I mean, I yeah. might be wrong, but yeah, yeah. I mean, that that's just kind of my thing. Where uh, I I just think that you you look at the usage, and that's kind of where it's like, all right, well, you know, is he really going to get the opportunities to get to yeah, those? that's fair. Numbers. That's so, fair. Um, that's fair. Yeah, that that's why. Uh, I mean, I guess, I guess if we're looking at it like that, like Riley Ridley was a fourth round pick, Mooney was a fifth round pick, and Riley Ridley had six receptions for 69 yards in 2019. So I guess if we're if we're if we're going based on what Matt Nagy has done historically, then it, it could be under. But we're all kind of sitting here hoping he's going to get more opportunities than Ridley did last year. Let's let's please pray pray that uh, he he's going to get those opportunities. I think he's capable of making the most of them. Ridley yeah. had six catches six, for 69 six, nine, yards. Nine. Nice. It, uh, and one of them was a long of 32. So, like, it's, yeah. you know. And I think they probably, most of that came in that one Vikings game at the end of the year. Yeah. I think that, I think I, I'm right. pretty sure, like, five of those receptions came from that one game. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds right. All right. Uh, my second one, I was going to do Mitch starts, but, you know, we kind of already covered that. And so I think, uh, so I'm going to pivot to someone else instead. Uh, Jimmy Graham touchdowns five. Uh, that's I, that's so funny. I had that written down too, and that was the same exact number I had. Dude, <laughs> you guys are you guys were t- oh, man. I was gonna do I was gonna do Komet five. So like we'll just. Well, no, it. you could still do Komet five. Still because, do that. Uh, I mean, so for okay. perspective, I had this written down. He had three and he only had three touchdowns in 2019. He had two in 2018. So this would be a a slight uptick for Jimmy mm-hmm. Graham in touchdowns. But mm, but he did but he did hit. have ten in 2017. Hit. Okay. Hit. Hit, hit, big hit. Oh, Chris is all in. Listen, I've convinced myself that Jimmy Graham is going to have a good season. I have no idea why. <laughs> Literally the last month, I've just been seeing him, like, just scoring a lot of touchdowns. I don't know why. <laughs> Jimmy Graham. And I'm not going to sit here and fake an analysis for it. Like, it's just literally gut feeling. So, Jimmy Graham, book it. Buy stock now. Five wow. touchdowns, easy. Probably more than that. Let's go. Oh geez, I don't. I mean, he, Chris is man. He's enth- he's changing my mind right now just because of this enthusiasm. He's all in. I mean, I just like the way I'm breaking it down. I was like, man, there's a lot of mouths to feed on this offense. Like Allen Robinson's gonna get yeah. himself ten. We, I mean, it's really. I, mm, God, I'll, oh, I think I'll go hit because now Chris got me envisioning Cole Komet or not uh, Jimmy Graham just grabbing Moss and dudes out there in the end zone and just say Mitch just throw it up to Jimmy Graham. I'll I'll go hit. I think if it is if it is, it's going to be five. Like it's not going to be over five. I think mm. it's going to be five. Okay, fair enough. Fair yeah, enough. I I hit I said five as a hit as well. I think Jimmy Graham. You know, I, I still think he's got a little bit left in the tank. I and I think at this stage with this team, he's not going to be looked to as like a run the routes in the middle of the field. And you know, for if you're at the 40 yard line, you know, go to Jimmy Graham. I think he's going to be that end zone threat for the most part. Yeah. They're not going to ask him to do a lot of you know catch and run. Um, so I, I think Jimmy Graham, what they're going to plan for him is going to be much more suited to his strengths. So I'm I'm going to go hit too. 
Do you know what I was thinking about real quick? As we're talking, I'll talk a little bit about the pictures, about how Darnell Mooney looks good in a Bears uniform. And this is because the Bears have some of the best uniforms in the league. But I feel like every player that comes to the Bears just looks great. Like, Jimmy Graham, <laughs> that photo of Jimmy Graham was like, yeah. wow, like, that looks great. Like I, And now, like, any guy in vision. Like, they do the jersey swaps, like, with Patrick Mahomes, like, oh, crap. Like, that sucks. Like, he looks really good in the Like, every yeah. guy that comes to the Bears looks so nice in their jerseys. I don't. Yeah. It's just the way it is. Yeah, for sure. I just had to bring that up because uh, Jimmy Graham's looking. Uh, he's looking real nice. So five touchdowns. Let's get it. All right, Chris, and what you got? For me, um, mine was Cole Kmet four touchdowns. So yeah, I think uh, I think I'm gonna go miss because I think he'll get two or three because I think he's gonna be productive. He's gonna be a great blocker and he's gonna get yards here and there. He's gonna get chunks, but he's not gonna be there. He's not gonna be their guy where they're gonna get into the red zone and say, you know what, we're gonna design plays for Cole Komet. I don't, I don't think that's going to be the way. I mean, I, I might be really? wrong, but I mean, if we just said Jimmy Graham's gonna get five, like I feel like both of our tight ends aren't gonna get like the the way you look at the Matt Nagy offense, like tight, like what did what did uh, Trey Burton have in 2018? How many touchdowns did he have? Let's look that up real quick because uh, I think that'd be a good measure of how how five, Matt Nagy six, likes to six. Uh, I think six. Uh, six. 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 See, okay, so Trey Burton had six touchdowns. Like, mm, I don't know. I I think it, I think it's fair, but maybe they're gonna give uh, Demetrius Harris an opportunity. I think you know I don't I don't know. So I I think I'm. You, it was four, right? Four, yeah. Miss. I, I think I'm, I'm, I'm going total miss there. Okay. I'm also going to have to go miss uh, just because I, I do think he's only going to be like – and especially in the red zone and when you consider the rushing game too, I think I think he's going to be like a fourth, fifth option there. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Now now that I'm thinking about it, we don't have Adam Shaheen to be stealing all the touchdowns. So, <laughs> I mean, True. we we were expecting Adam Shaheen to steal every touchdown in the rest. So now it's – I mean, who's going to get those that Adam I mean, Shaheen would have caught? I mean, the, the, 10, the 10 to 15 that Shaheen would have caught, you got to spread it out across the offense <laughs> a little bit. So, like, I mean, you got to give Miller a couple, A-Rob, Montgomery. And then, I mean, there may be enough for, to go around for, for uh, Graham and, and Oh, Clinton. man. Who knows? Oh, Lean <laughs> me, Shaheen. That's too good. I don't – we haven't even talked about that. Shaheen is gone. We got we got a seventh rounder. How about that? I mean, listen, <laughs> like, that – like, I, I've never seen, like – I've never seen our fan base so happy about someone so, like – Yeah. Just, just not like I, I've never seen everybody in unison just like agree that like this is like the cutting a player was like the greatest or like trading a player <laughs> was the greatest decision ever, and yeah. like I mean it just speaks volume, man. Like it just it didn't work out with him, and I know we didn't mention it, but we're mentioning it now because I think this is all that really needs to be said about it. But mm-hmm. yeah, I mean it just didn't work out for him. That's yeah. it. The fact that you got anything for him, I'll take it. Yeah, hundred percent. Seventh rounder, I'll take it. That's one more Arlington ham bright for us. <laughs> you need those. Oh, you God. never know, man. You never know. Do you have another one, Chris? Um, you know what? I'll make one up on the spot. All right. Um, quick thinking. Let's go. <clears throat> six touchdowns for David Montgomery. Oh, oh. over. Over, 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 over. Really? Or, or, or hit, 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 hit. You, is, I'm, is, I'm even more enthusiastic than you were uh, with uh, 
Jimmy Graham at five. What, what did he have last year? He had uh, he had six last year. Yeah, he I was gonna say touchdowns uh, last year, yeah, and but, he was but, even. But, but that was without. Think about it though. I mean, who were who were our red zone targets? It was Allen Robinson and Montgomery. I mean, we didn't have a yeah, tight end. Yeah. But well, if you're, well, we know, you know Nagy, like especially with a power back like Montgomery, he likes to run at the goal yeah. line, or you know yeah. within like ten yards, five yards. That's true. Uh, That's true. But there is like, that issue of you're going to have three to four legitimate receiving options in the red zone as well. Not to mention, oh man, I'm going easy hit. Not to easy mention who? Hit, really? Like, like if if he gets over six, I think it'll be like seven. I, I think he, I think he get like eight or nine. I mean, I like really? the Bears were atrocious in the in the red zone last year. Atrocious. I mean, they were they were they were doing absolutely nothing. I mean, they'd hand David Montgomery the ball off. He would get nowhere. Then they'd try to throw it somewhere, and and it just wouldn't work out. Oh, and then he kick a field goal. You know, like that. That's literally how it went. Like they weren't just getting into the five, like inside the five, and just punching it in every time with David Montgomery. When we know David Montgomery is capable of doing that, like he is a power runner who's gonna push his way in. They just like they weren't even getting those opportunities. Like they, they, like I don't even remember the number of times the Bears were inside the five, just saying, "Here's Dave Montgomery, jump over the pile and get in the end yeah. zone." Like those opportunities were not coming for him. I feel as as much as in previous years, at least. Whereas Jordan, you know, Jordan Howard was getting those opportunities like once a game, where he would just at the one yard line, like that is just you know a million dollar chance he scores a touchdown. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. My my thing is like kind of. Like, it's kind of what you guys have been talking about, like, the whole too many mouths to feed. And it's like, I feel like that mainly becomes a bigger problem when we're in the red zone because it's like there's so many options where you can go. Yeah. I mean, you, you have the two tight ends and then, you know, I mean, hell, you could even throw Demetrius Harris in there too, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's a big body who can definitely go up and get it. I mean, you know, you got Allen Robinson who obviously can do that. And then, you know, depending on what they do with, with even, like, let's so- somehow say that Javon Wim's on the roster. I mean, that's another guy who can go up and get it. So, you know, it's just, like, I feel like there's so many options, six touchdowns. Like, and the thing is, David Montgomery isn't really the type to go break out for a long run. So, it's like, if we're not really in the red zone, you know, is he really going to break out for for that that those touchdowns? Look, the, the Bears had... The 24th worst, they were, they were ranked number 24 at red zone scoring attempts per game. So they were in uh, very near the bottom at attempts per game. And Dave Montgomery still yeah. got six. So th- I think that's the only reason why I'm doing that is because, like, they weren't in the red zone very often. And even when they were in the red zone, they were they were terrible. They weren't efficient at all. So if the offensive line is improving and if Dave Montgomery is becoming a more polished runner, he, he should be getting into the end zone significant, not significantly more, but at, at least a few more times than last year. Fair enough. That's That's fair. I'm I'm just like doing the math in my head. Like, all right, we're expecting yeah. <laughs> six touchdowns from David Montgomery, somewhere from seven to ten from Jimmy Graham and Cole Komet. Put I, one of you said ten for Allen Robinson early. I'd <laughs> like, say ten. I would say we're, ten. We're expecting the Bears to be like a top fifteen offense what? at this point. <laughs> Well, I mean, yeah. yeah. Well, I am expecting them to. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know if I'm expecting them to be, but I think they can be. I mean, if the if the quarterback play is right, I think they can be. Am I wrong with that? I mean, I don't know. I mean, I mean yeah. look, look, the, the the thing is, like, like, do we have? Are we are, like, where are our expectations for 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 this offense? Like, because, that's yeah, that's a good question. You know what I mean? Like, if if we're because like Jake, like I'm not trying to pick on you or anything, but you said like we're talking no, about them as fine, a top 15. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> you said we're talking about them as a top 15 offense, but I mean, like, I think that's around where our expectations should be. 
Like, I mean, like, what what, yeah, what excuses yeah. do we really have at this point, you know? I mean, that's kind of what it is. Yeah. Like, you, you bring in Foles, does competition for Mitch. You know, Mitch, we're, we're expecting and praying and hoping he improves, which, you know, is the goal. So, like, if that stuff does happen, I mean, I think I think us being a top 15 offense, you know, it, it's I'm not saying it'll happen, but I think, you know, that should be right around where our expectations are. Like, you know, because mm-hmm. if, if not, then I feel like we, we didn't do enough to improve our, our offense. Because if you feel like we're in the same spot, then that's a problem, you know? Yeah, like, I that's kind of how I'm how I'm viewing it. I don't I, know. Like for me personally, realistically, I just want that like 18 to 16, like just get make enough yeah. of a jump to make you competitive because the defense yeah. will carry you. I think at the peak of optimism, at the very tippy top of like everything goes right. The quarterbacks, whoever it is, plays at peak performance. The offensive line is good. The running game is back. You got you're feeding all these mouths, you know, as they should be fed. Um, I think you're a top 10, probably, you know, like, Ooh. but I mean, at it, 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 the very tippy top, it, if you're, everything goes exactly perfectly how you would like it to, but I mean, realistically, just give me like 16. That's yeah. fair. Yeah, I, I, I would, I, I mean, I would, Kevin, would you take that? I would take it. I mean, I would take it. I, I think I think that'd be enough with the defense that you have. It, it, last year, they were 29th in scoring offense. They scored 17.5 points per game. The That's 16th best team in the league scored 22.6. So then you'd have to have an uptick of about five points per game, or around a touchdown per game if you wanted to reach that mark. And again, considering that red zone numbers I gave you earlier, considering how inefficient they were, I mean, yeah. and, and, and like that's not including games, like anomaly games, where they'll score 40 points like they did in 2018. So... I, I think I think it's tangible. I think it's tangible, and I think if if they are there, I mean, you you can't really be too upset about that with the defense yeah. with the defense that you have. It'd be a different situation if that wasn't the case. Yeah. yeah. It's so nice in the off season to have optimism. I know. And then <laughs> so week nice. one comes in, it oh damn. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> Everything changes drastically. But all right, you guys got anything else? That's I think all I do got. It. I think that hits our uh, itinerary for today. Um, thank you, as always, for listening. Like we said earlier in the episode, go check out the shop at Wegren Enterprises, the Bears Nation pod shirt. Buy our merch, please. We are poor college students. Um, we have in our next episode, I think we are looking at having another very exciting guest on, um, who especially you all in the Chicago area will probably be familiar with uh, in Chicago media. So looking forward to that do a little season preview, getting close to the season, you know, looking like football may happen. We might get lucky. Um, but as always, thank you for listening. Stay safe and bear down. Bear down. Well, come on. I blame it on you all ago. Yeah.